0: Blake Shapin is just the first of what will probably be a mass exodus from the Baylor football program this offseason. This is Locked on Baylor. You are Locked on Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for joining another episode of Locked On Baylor brought to you by FanDuel. I'm your host, Cam Stewart. Thank you for joining all the time and making it your first listen today and every day. We're bringing you Baylor podcast, Baylor athletics content, five days a week. The only, ow, hurt myself scratching my head. I do that a lot. The only. Daily Baylor Athletics podcast not coming directly from the university. You can obviously find it on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're watching on YouTube today, might notice a little better video quality. Yeah, going off a brand new laptop that I didn't even have for another video I was recording Monday to do the emergency, hey, Blake Shapen just left video. But this is going to look so much better, which, look, I need all the help I can get, y'all. Anyway, we're talking a little bit more Blake Shapin in this episode, as he is the first one in the post-announcement of retaining Dave Aranda era to put his name into the transfer portal. And unfortunately, I think he is the first of many. He is the trendsetter, the leader of the team. But I, I was surprised at first, but thinking about it for more than just a few seconds, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, And the main thing we talked about in that video yesterday, if you haven't checked it out, it's on the live tab on on YouTube and also on the same feed, RSS feed for the podcast. But I basically said, there's just too much uncertainty for him, I think. Um, He is a, I don't mean this in a bad way. You hear this in a bad way. He's a system type quarterback. You know, he's not a guy who you can just put into any offensive coordinator's philosophy. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, there's a lot of guys who had a ton of success like that in the NFL. In fact, this guy in college was absolutely a system quarterback, not in the NFL, but Tom Brady was the one you threw in there. Oh, he's just a system quarterback. Well, he was the best to literally ever do it. But in college, he absolutely was. Uh, Brock Purdy is a guy who's going to win quite a few football games in the NFL. System quarterback. Um, Dak Prescott, to a certain extent, is a system quarterback. And these are different systems, but Blake Shapin is absolutely Uh, a system type guy who worked really well with the type of offense that Jeff Grimes ran Um, with quick, easy passing, a lot of work with the tight end. Like for example, I don't know what he would be like in a super spread offense or even a pro style offense. And so I think that's probably the best decision for him because he's going to have a market to, to play, to be a starting quarterback in the power five. I mentioned yesterday and I, I believe it quite a bit, the Big Ten, I think, is a natural landing spot for him. Um, I, I could see, I could see both Jeff Grimes and Blake Shapen going to a place like Iowa. They could really use an injection uh, of offense while still staying sticking to their smash mouth character and playing complementary football. I think that would be perfect for Jeff Grimes if he doesn't end up with a head coaching job at a place like UTEP to go to Iowa and just really or or. Look, I don't know if this guy is in the in the mix for one. He's only in his first year, but a place like Nebraska um, is a place that could work really well for both of them. I mentioned in that episode yesterday. Um, I don't know that he has a relationship with with Matt Rule, but Matt Rule had a ton of success with Charlie Brewer at quarterback, and Blake Shapen is a very very similar quarterback. Quarterback, so don't be surprised if he's starting somewhere next year. Um, Charlie Brewer got two more starting jobs. After leaving Baylor, but what the concerning thing is as a program as a whole, and I don't think it's going to get any better with the transfer portal is you have, you have not had a starting quarterback at Baylor start and end his career at Baylor since Seth Russell, like a real starter hasn't gone through and like graduated and not played another snap for any other college team since Seth Russell. Because now uh, Charlie Brewer, as I just mentioned, had, had two other places that he went to start. Obviously, Jarrett Stidham went to another place to start. Uh, Kyron Drones went to another place to start. Uh, so it's it's kind of a, a long line here. And I don't know that that's going to get any better with the way the transfer portal is. Now, the concerning thing for me is this is absolutely a leader of your team the starting quarterback, the guy you gave the confidence to, you, this coaching regime, were just waiting on the time that he was going to be ready and he was going to play. And he beat out an upperclassman who came from the previous regime and Gary Bohannon. And then when his job was on the line again, you, you gave him the confidence again, the vote of confidence again in this past offseason when he beat out Sawyer Robertson. So that guy who uh, the Dave Aranda has staked his claim to and the Dave Aranda era, he used the quarterback of the Dave Aranda era. The day after it's announced that Dave is coming back, he says, I, I don't think this place is for me right now. And look, I, he was a, a loyal servant to Baylor. I'm sure he loves Baylor. Nothing to, nothing he's shown us would would have us think otherwise. But in terms of the, the rebuild or the reloading, I guess, under Dave Aranda, He doesn't want to stick around for that. And nobody can blame him for that. And again, he's not going to be the only one. Um, There are some offensive players, especially offensive players, who you really got to put question marks next to. And again, none of these are bad things for these guys. But I I mentioned Drake Dabney. Uh, Again, he didn't participate in senior day activities, and he has eligibility left, which probably means he's actually staying. Usually these guys who are on the fence about entering the transfer portal and have the opportunity will go through with a senior day festivity and get the frame Jersey and all of that. Uh, he did not. So that leads me to believe he might be staying or he just really didn't want that kind of attention. Uh, but Richard Reese is another guy. Can't blame him if he's not coming back under this coaching staff, which uh, did not give him really any attention for most of this year. I mean, he was all of a sudden registering no touches, no carries after being a freshman All-American. And he's got some tape out there, not only last year, but now two kickoff returns for touchdowns. First time in Baylor history done back-to-back kickoff return touchdowns. I don't think he's going to want to stick around for this. Especially, you know, you bring in a new OC, and you don't know what that guy is yet, or who that guy is, or what his philosophy is. But you think they're going to be a more run-happy OC than Jeff Grimes is? in 2024 i don't think so and who knows maybe it is a good fit for richard reese but he's looking at it right now and he's saying look i jeff didn't give me jeff or dave uh weren't giving me enough touches throughout this season and i don't know that i am going to find a guy here who is going to have a similar system i don't think dave's going to go that route and bring in another rvo kind of guy for better or for worse so i don't think richard reese stick sticks around Armani Winfield is one that we brought up who is clearly disgruntled, is retweeting all these tweets of all the offers he got out of high school as a four-star and how he was one of the best recruits in Baylor history. I don't know if he's sticking around. Hal Presley's already hit the transfer portal once to come here to Baylor. Uh, Second half of the season, he was hurt, but wasn't a very conducive offense to to his abilities on the outside anyway. He might hit the portal too, and there's going to be guys that we haven't even heard of. I don't think Josh Cameron will hit the portal. Um, he's a guy whose whose brother also played at Baylor, but he's got the talent too. He absolutely does. So all that said, it this is just the first in line. And if I Monterey Baldwin, that's another name. Nothing. I have no information. Hand up, no information on him leaving or not. But he's been a guy who's been frustrated with his teammates this year, and his talent's off the charts and he hasn't been getting many touches the last couple weeks. I like think he's had one catch in the last two games after having a touchdown on his only catch against Kansas State. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he wants to try something new. You know, he's not the kid who had no FC or FBS offers out of college or out of high school. He's not that kid anymore. He's put a lot on tape and proved he could be a game changer at the wide receiver position. And they're all probably thinking, man, well, if Blake's not sticking around, maybe I should think about not sticking around. And you can't blame them. You can't blame them for that. But Blake has had some awesome moments in a Baylor uniform, and we're going to go over that next. But first, I've got to tell you about FanDuel, which is my favorite place to go and bet, and it's the best time of year to do it, too, with all these sports in action. I mean, this last week, I've just been locked in the house. It's been great. It's it's been—I love being locked in the house, by the way—NBA, NHL, obviously great college football coming up, college basketball going into full swing, so what you need to do— is go over to FanDuel. And if that doesn't convince you just that schedule, that time of year, this is the best time to join FanDuel because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. And there's so much that you can bet on. Spreads, player props, over-unders, anything like that. They've got it. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Again, that is FanDuel.com slash locked on because new customers get $150 in bonus bets. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Today's episode is also brought to you by LinkedIn Talent Solutions. And when you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview. Like if it's, you know, even if it's a cashier to a GM of your business to... I don't know, an offensive coordinator, maybe. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. It isn't like any other job board. They have a vast network of more than half or more than a billion, one billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. And it's easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours you could have Dana Holgerson or Cliff Kingsbury's resume on your desk in 24 hours, Dave, but you gotta use LinkedIn. They know that small businesses are wearing so many hats and they don't have the time or the resources to go through all that. That's why they're going to help you. It's intuitive, quick, and easy. Their whole process, you just go and put it in the purple hashtag hiring frame to let you know that let people know that you're hiring. And from there they start rolling in. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com/slash locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. So I, I gotta admit, I was I was bummed out yesterday to see that news come across that, that Blake Shapin was entering the transfer portal. Um, this kid's been through a lot at Baylor in in Not a long time. I mean, two seasons plus a handful of games at the end of the 2021 season. But I I made the comment that at this time last year, if he had made that decision, so many Baylor fans would have been hooting and hollering for joy that that Blake Shapen was leaving. Because I thought he was unjustly uh, dragged, really is the word, dragged through the mud for his performances in a compromised 2022 season. And what I mean by compromised is, got a head injury in week five I think it was or six against West Virginia where he was having the game of his life by the way and he got a head injury that I don't know that he ever really got a hundred percent back from it's it's not something that you just rehab it's not there's no amount of sweat that can fix a head injury and that doesn't mean he wasn't healthy enough to play because I don't think he would have been out there if he wasn't healthy enough to play, but he wasn't hundred percent. And the numbers took a serious nosedive after that. And this year he was the best player in the game against Texas state in a game that they lost. And he was knocked out hurt late in that game. And then a few weeks later, he comes back his first game back is the game at UCF. And I think this is one of the legendary performances that you'll remember from Blake Shapin. And I remember just being so excited after this game, because I really thought they had found something in an offense that they obviously had this great momentum and that they had their quarterback back. And that was really the the biggest form of optimism was that he was back in the game. And, and he had a slow start in that one. I remember his first pick should have been, or his first pass should have been picked off, but overall he goes 21 for 34 for 293 and a touchdown and leads two two point conversions leads a 28 point comeback. He did that. The defense was awesome in the second half of that game. Caden Jenkins has the big play, right? The the, the scoop and score that puts them right back into things. But you look towards your leader, and Blake Shapen was the leader. He was playing not at 100%. He was still getting banged up. He brought himself back for the betterment of the team, and he didn't let them quit in that game. He wasn't the only one, but being the quarterback and the figurehead, he did not let them quit. In that game. And it was actually, I mean, it sounds cheesy, but it was inspiring. It truly was. And that's one of the great moments. And I think people are so quick to forget. For the end of that 2021 season. He saved them. And that Baylor team, that defense was so good. That we didn't even put any value really on the quarterback position because they were that good defensively. In fact, the morning of the Big 12 championship game, we still didn't know who the quarterback was going to be, and I don't think many of us really cared in that game. And it ends up being Blake Shapin. and in that game, he faces a top 10 defense in the entire nation in Oklahoma State, the favorite in that game, and a team trying to get to the college football playoff. So not much more to play for than that other than the conference championship, oh yeah, and a spot in the playoff. A team that Gary Bohannon just could not move the ball against the first time they played them. Blake starts 17 for 17, which was a record at AT&T Stadium. The stadium that the Dallas freaking Cowboys play in. He had the record for most consecutive completions to start a game in that stadium. He probably still does. Three touchdown passes in a 21 to 3 lead. I mean, he was nails in that game. And then in the second half, he has a big scramble first down run and he's hit and hurt on that play. Plays hurt the rest of the game and leads them to the Big 12 championship. So, when the when the money was on the table that year, he comes in the middle of a game against Kansas State when Gary gets hurt gets gets the hands at 10 and 2 and gets the car in the driveway in a tough tough road environment against a good defense in Kansas State. They win that game. He wins the game against Tech the next week. I remember he a 75-yard touchdown pass on the first play and then beats a top, I think they were sixth in the nation, uh, Oklahoma State overall in a top 10 defense and just gashes them, rips them to shreds and wins the conference championship for you. If he retired right then, he's already a Baylor legend. Instead, he stuck around, took a lot of crap, and then came around again, took some serious beatings, kept this team in line for the most part, and just gave it 110% effort every game of his career at Baylor. And even with all the crap he was going through on social media and by fans and by some media, he... Took it all with so much class. Represented Baylor so well. Never, never whined. Never complained. And answered every question so maturely, even though you pr- he probably didn't want to most of the time. And that is the kind of leader that Blake Shapin was. And that is the hole that you have to fill. Now, the good news for Baylor fans is Sawyer Robertson, who obviously was a four-star recruit out of high school, uh, went to sign to play for Mike Leach. Ton of talent and showcased that on Saturday night against West Virginia. 17 for 19, uh, well over 200 yards and a touchdown. So showed the glimpses of the arm talent and the and the quarterback th- that he can be. A far cry from what it was those first couple weeks of the year when Blake was hurt and he was kind of thrown to the wolves against teams like Utah and Texas. And it it wasn't pretty at the beginning of the year. But that is that is the bonus for Baylor. Is that you you have a guy there. You have a quarterback. Um, so it sucks. It sucks that Blake's out the door, and there is still, of course, some doubt of what Sawyer can do for a whole season., uh, but he truly showed that there is a plus side there. He showed that on Saturday. So uh, sad to see Blake go. I really am, but he is going to have success where he goes. And I've seen a few of the a few of these in the comments. If you are a Baylor fan who is not wishing him success or wishing that he had left sooner or don't let it hit you on the way out kind of fan, don't be that guy. Because it's disingenuous. I mean, if you if you don't wish the best for this kid, you're, you're not, or anyone that, that leaves the program on good terms, which they all have, then you suck. I'm sorry. Just screw. Like... We don't we don't need any more of that. To be critical of players is okay, but to but to say don't let it hit you on the way out, like I've seen some of these comments, not not cool. So wishing Blake all the success in the world. Uh, but yes, he is the first of many to be part of this mass exodus from the football program this year. And one of the changes outside of quarterback is that Dave Aranda is back to calling the defensive plays. Let's take a look at defensive coordinator. Dave Aranda, after this message. And this message is coming to you from Prize Picks, a proud sponsor of today's video and the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's definitely my favorite too, which I think is all that counts. Okay, so now, like I said earlier, we have got football and basketball going on and you can take advantage of that on one bet. You can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the specials league. That's a league created specifically for these combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. So, for example, you can do Jason Tatum plus A.J. Brown, uh, 10 and a half combo of three pointers made plus receptions. You're golden. You can keep an eye on both those games and get money off of both of them. And you can play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players like Meek Mill, you might have heard of. You can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from guys like Meek Mill and some of the big names in the Prize Picks community each week. And my absolute favorite part about it is it offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. So for football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and doesn't return in the second, that player is rebooted. And Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy spot sports platform with injury insurance going with it. So now is the absolute best time. To get involved, you got to go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use the code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. So that's prizepicks.com slash locked on college and then use the code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. So we know maybe too much about what Dave Aranda can do as a head coach. But he was one of the most sought after coordinators the time that Baylor hired him because he was the defensive coordinator of the national champions at LSU. And I've said it time and time again, I think, well, I thought it was going to be after this year, but I think when his time's up at Baylor, he is going to go and be an excellent DC again, and then hopefully figure it out and become a good head coach after that. As long as it's not someone that Baylor is playing, but he was an excellent DC and was truly one of the most respected defensive minds in the sport the time Baylor hired him. And it only looked better after 2021 when he took them to new heights and it was on the back of just a fantastic defense. And so I wanted to go back and look in a little bit more at the numbers of Dave Aranda, the defensive coordinator. Because again, we know the head coach, it's, it's mediocre. He has three losing seasons in four years. He's under 500. In his tenure at Baylor, even though we had a 12 and 2 season, the the most wins ever for Baylor in a season, and of course a Big 12 and a Sugar Bowl championship. But just looking at his time at Wisconsin and LSU, so that's 2013 to 2019. I picked when he kind of made the big time after Utah State, so Power Five programs, because I think that's that's a good metric to go with Baylor's Power Five program. And so looking at the total defense numbers at Wisconsin, number 15 in the nation. In 2013, that moves up in 2014 to number seven and culminates in his last year there to number four in the nation. Total defense, number four. He's in the top 10 twice, in the top 15 all three of those years. They had suffocating defenses, man. And it was because of him. And then he goes to LSU. And his first season at LSU, where I think he's splitting duties at this point, just the first year he takes a bad defense and puts them at number 25 in the nation. That's still pretty good. Top 25. By the way, I think this is worth noting the next year, Wisconsin, which only lost, I think one draft pick to the NFL on the defensive side the year before. So still a lot of Aranda's guys. Wisconsin goes up to from number four to number two in the nation. The first year that Aranda is gone. Now you can say, Oh, well maybe that's because, Dave Veranda wasn't there. No, they were top five anyway. That means he brought in some damn good talent. And then the defense gets better at LSU. Twenty seventeen, they're number ten. Twenty eighteen, they're number twelve. So okay, you're starting to see a bit of a dip. I mean, look, I'll take number ten or number twelve any day of the week at Baylor. But there also is a bit of a change at this time with LSU because the end of the twenty eighteen season, Joe Burrow starts taking snaps at quarterback. So in twenty nineteen. LSU's defense drops. It drops to number 25 in the nation. But that's also because they had one of the best quarterback seasons of all time with Joe Burrow winning the Heisman. And yeah, they were putting up 40, 50 points a game. Your defense takes a hit when your offense is scoring in a minute and a half every time. And your defense is on the field a lot more. When you have an offense that good, anything in the top 40, is going to win you a lot of football games, and we saw it at Baylor with Art Briles in in the in the mid 2010s. There were some years where they were in the top 30 on in defense, and they were going 11 and one because their offense was that good. So yeah, they take a dip to 25, but the trade off with that was going 15 and 0 and winning the national championship. Because I've seen the comments out there too of oh they want it just on their offense. Bull. Bull. I mean, you're in playoff games where your team is scoring 45, 50, 55, 60 points in the case of the Oklahoma game, and you're keeping teams under 30. The very best offenses and teams in the nation, you're keeping them under 30. That's going to play every single time. Every single time. You're keeping Trevor Lawrence and Jalen Hurts, the number one overall pick in the next year's draft, and a Super Bowl quarterback, under 30 points. This guy was getting in everybody's heads. Lincoln Riley couldn't sleep at night thinking about Dave Aranda defenses. And in that time, his LSU draft picks, Deion Jones, Jalen Mills, Jamal Adams... Tredavious White, Devin White, Patrick Queen, five first-round picks at LSU. Five. Just on the defensive side of the ball, this guy can coach. And also in 2019, just number 25th in the nation in total defense, they forced 17 picks that year, which was 11th. So they were ball hawks. Okay? This guy can coach some football on the defensive side. Now, this is a different animal to be the head coach and the defensive coordinator, or the defensive play caller. So for all intents and purposes, the defensive coordinator. That that will still be Matt Powledge's title, uh, but it will be Dave Aranda making the play calls. On paper, just from what we've seen of him as the DC, you're in good hands. Now that said, this is also the head coach who has come and told us in the last week or two that he doesn't know a lot about NIL, he doesn't handle the transfer portal well, and he doesn't handle the head coaching position well because they're 3-9 and this year. So take it with a grain of salt, but Dave Aranda, the defensive coordinator, is awesome, is awesome. And I wish we could see down the line how good Matt Powledge, the defensive coordinator, could be. And I talked yesterday about Jeff Grimes kind of getting a raw deal. And Drake talked about this too, but it, it was really unfair on Matt Powlich. Dave brings in one of his guys that is still young, hungry, and has learned under Oranda <coughs> and gives him a defense that's all freshmen and sophomores. He knows the talent's not there, at least not yet. These guys are young. There's no experience and there's very little talent on that side of the ball. And he brings in a first-year DC and says, okay, go ahead, figure this out. Your first time as a full-tilt DC, go and figure it out. That sucks. And now Powellage gets demoted. And I got to believe he's looking to see who's going to give him a call. He's like, man, I I busted my butt to come down here and be the defensive coordinator. And I get this deck with no aces in it. And that's what this guy hands me, and it's not good, but it's only my first season, and now I'm demoted. Now I'm not the play caller. Are, are the players going to be listening to me, or are they going to be listening to Dave? Dave's the one calling in the plays on Saturdays. It's it's a It's a rock and a hard place for him to be in. So on one hand, this is my mentor. This is the guy who still can take me where I need to be right? And I'm in the power five. I do have a great opportunity here as the first time defensive play caller. Now that's gone, but I still have a good opportunity here at Baylor versus do I take the risk to be a defensive play caller again, like I worked all these years for? And who's it going to be under? Is it going to be someone I haven't worked with before? Who knows? Joey McGuire likes him a lot. I don't think they're ready to make a DC change, but it's just a rock and a hard place for him. And I know it's part of the business, but it it just seems, it, it's just another notch in the belt of the argument, why would a coordinator want to come here to Baylor in this situation right now? But this is the last chance, and so that's why I wanted to break it down. It, can we put the confidence in Aranda to be the play caller on the defensive side and that be the fix of all these problems? I don't think so, because that's a huge jump to take on in a year, for a coach who's on the hot seat and has already told us he can't handle all the things to be a head coach to then take on extra responsibility. I don't know. Thanks for tuning in. Let me let me know what you think down in the comments. Be sure to like and subscribe. Leave a comment down there. Everything helps with that. We're going to be going over offensive coordinator, potential hirees tomorrow, which I can't wait for. That's going to be a fun show. Uh, we will have a basketball game to break down, but May- Baylor men's basketball in the top 10 now, by the way. Congratulations to Scott Drew and the boys. Um, that's just for posterity. We all know they were in that anyway, based off Ken Palm, they might be number one soon in Ken Palm. So all good news going on there, but we're going to break down some potential OC candidates and there are some familiar names and ones that might surprise you or familiar names that also might surprise you. Thank you for making this your first listen today and every day. Find us on YouTube. Or find us wherever you can find your podcasts. We're we're there five days a week. And in some cases, weeks like this, we'll put out like 10 episodes in a week. So I'm Cam Stewart. Thank you for tuning in. And this is Locked on Baylor.